sauce, pasta, pasta, pasta poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi, it's your host Nina, and welcome to Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today, I have a Vietnamese international student with me, and her name is Lam. Hi, Lam. Please introduce yourself. Where are you from? Uh, hi, my name is Lam. I'm from Vietnam, born and raised in Vietnam. Ooh, real uh, Vietnamese. Yeah. Real gangster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, moved here around like three years ago, like almost four now. Oh, that's a long time. I guess that's kind of yeah, time. dude. Where where in Vietnam are you from? Uh, from Hanoi. Oh, the, the north. Yeah, Viet Cong. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. So uh, I wanted to know what life was like growing up in Vietnam because I grew up here. So I like I don't know what it was like to be a kid in Vietnam. Hanoi itself, it's like very busy city. I remember like when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. Like uh, actually, I first moved uh, to Kamloops, which is like five around like what five hours. F- why? It's like because like there's TRU and it's like another university in there. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's not like Vancouver yet. Yeah. So yeah. like everything is like all the stores and then all the business shut down to like 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah. And then like even even in Vancouver, it's like they shut down like 10 p.m. Or something, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is like in Hanoi, it's like so different. And then <laughs> like I feel like nobody. Like at nine, you still like hanging with friends and stuff, right? And then you just got off eight at work at eight p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then you're not going to sleep until like twelve or something. (laughs) Yeah. But then uh, my whole family back then they sleep at nine, and I'll be like. Uh, I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> it was probably such a big shock for you to come. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Coming from and Hanoi is like a big, big city. It's the capital city of Vietnam. Yeah, and also like when I moved to Vancouver, I was like the first struggle I found. It's like the city is like very spread out in the mean. Like it's mm. like it's a really big city compared to Hanoi. Hanoi is like really small, but then the That's true the population is like very dense. It's like what? It's like yeah, Hanoi is smaller than Vancouver, but it's like it's, what? Like it's, two, three million people or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. ridiculous. Vancouver only has like six hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. And then um, whenever we hang with friends, we were like you would like hitting your friends up, and then that, yo. Uh, I'm coming to your house and stuff like that and then I'll be there in like uh, 50 minutes and that's <laughs> yeah. it yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when I move to Vancouver it'll be like yo do you want to hang and then I'll be like okay it's gonna be like an hour for me to like get there to your house or something exactly and and it's like it's pretty hard to hang out with people here last minute because yeah, they're like yo yo I'm busy uh-huh, or something you have to book them like two weeks in advance and yeah. then they probably will flake on you anyway oh my god <laughs> that is so true this is so Vancouver why are we so flaky <laughs> probably like it's, I think it's like the travel like the community in overall it's just the laziness yeah. I think yeah we're just lazy <laughs> so dude like what do you what made you study in Canada. I guess like um, because I was like very passionate about um, social science in general, and then we don't we didn't get that much um, study of like social science in Vietnam. Like people like mostly people do like business marketing. Yeah, do do Vietnamese people even know what social science is? I mean, like they do have. uh, I think they there are universities that do like social science and stuff but then yeah. like overall they they take it for granted and then nobody cares about them mm-hmm. they probably think it's not like a real yeah no it's not a real problem like, yeah people just like minding their business and how to get rich and stuff yeah, yeah stuff yeah, like yeah. that vietnam is so like it's like so survival yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like it's still a developing country so exactly. like people like 
still trying to like look out for themselves, getting rich and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like it's time to somebody to like care about like the <laughs> social issues in Vietnam because like it's a real thing right now, <laughs> especially like um, I don't know this current days. And well, what's going on in Vietnam right now? Uh, there's a lot because like I've been uh, I took a gap year doing. Um, after high school yeah. and then I traveled and I volunteer work a lot and so I've been to places where there's like people living like below poverty mm-hmm. and then this is in Vietnam yeah okay. yeah because like try I'm trying to get out of my bubble and then yeah, try to see course. like understand like how people lives like how they're different from mine because exactly. To be like, let's just be honest. I'm fucking fucking privileged. You're like, well, you're, you're an international student. Right? I'm not that rich, guy. Okay? But then, like, <laughs> I come from like a privileged um, family in mm-hmm. Vietnam, and I feel like I want to be like get involved in um, social issues in Vietnam and people. Yeah, like, for um, sure. What I care about it's like mostly about like indigenous issues in Vietnam. Ooh. Like the ethnic minority. Let's talk about that because a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. Right. Um, like to my knowledge, I still I'm still like learning about it mm-hmm. as I'm going. But then, um, right now, it's like it's it's there's a lot of stereotypes with ethnic minority groups that they are like because like they have their own culture. Right. They own language. Yeah, which make them like really separated and secluded from like the popular culture of like um, Vietnam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which is like become this like block mobility for them to get like get a job and then become like have more advantage in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is like it's often reduced into like an individual like problem. So you're like right, right. They're, they're like, why can't you just go yeah, work hard yeah. and be rich? And they don't see the societal structures that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, keep yeah, those yeah, people yeah, down. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny? When I was in Hanoi, I went on a tour to Sapa. It's yeah, very, yeah, exactly. Very, Where is it? Exactly. Very popular, right? And then in Sapa, we have the Hmong people. Yeah. Right. And I stayed at this place. I'm not gonna say the name of the place, but they were advertising themselves as like a Hmong, like an authentic Hmong experience. Mm-hmm, and I was traveling with my friend who's Korean German and. Uh, when we got there, and because I'm Vietnamese, I like looked at them and I was like, these these ain't Hmong people. These are like Vietnamese people from probably from like Hanoi or something, yeah. pretending to be Hmong, right? Uh-huh. But if you're a tourist, you don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just like, wow, these people are Hmong, blah blah. So then when I went there, I asked the guy working there if he was Hmong, but I asked him in English because I knew mm-hmm. if I asked in Vietnamese. He'd like freak out, right? So I was like, "Oh, are you Vietnamese?" And then he like freaked out, and he was like, "No, no, no, I'm Hmong, I'm Hmong, right?" And then I'm just like, "Man, this motherfucker is Vietnamese as fuck." Right? <laughs> I hear him speaking to his wife, like they're Vietnamese, right? And then they, so they kind of like, so Vietnamese people actually run businesses masquerading as Hmong people or like indigenous people, yeah, making, yeah. making money off the backs of of Hmong and indigenous culture, mm-hmm, pretending mm-hmm. to be that. So we booked a trekking tour with actual real Hmong people. And then I, I talked to the, my Hmong tour guide and sh- I heard her story and, and it's like they get a tiny fraction of mm-hmm. what the Viet tourists or the, the Viet people yeah. charge the, the tourists, yeah. right? And then we actually, I actually asked my my real Hmong tour guide if I could eat dinner at her place and pay her mm-hmm. instead of paying my Vietnamese um, homestay mm-hmm. money 
when they pretend they're Hmong. So we did that, but actually the Vietnamese homestay people came over to the Hmong's house, because yeah. there's only a couple steps away, yeah, yeah. and then I can hear the Vietnamese lady yelling at the Hmong people like, how dare you steal our guests? How yeah. dare you take our business away from us, mm-hmm, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, like it's this whole indigenous culture that um, we have in Canada too, yeah. like since you've been here, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. right? But in Vietnam, it happens as well. Yeah, and then yeah. often like there's nobody like fight for them, and then yeah, they have no rights. Yeah, and then they in this like disadvantaged position when they have like no voice, like nobody give them voice at all, and then they their story doesn't make it to like the popular culture, like the yeah. TVs and stuff. TV oh, of news. course not. Yeah, it's suppressed. Yeah, and, and I remember walking in, there was like a whole town meeting, and the town is like what, like 20, 30 people, or it's tiny little town. And then they have the whole meeting, and the meeting, the leader is like mm-hmm. a Vietnamese guy, and the whole meeting's in Vietnamese, even though these Hmong people have their own language. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, I, I was like there firsthand experience. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And, is. But but I only know because I'm Vietnamese and I hear them speak Vietnamese. If I was like just a white guy or like a Spanish girl, like, like traveling, I'm so like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's Hmong, everyone's brown, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's crazy. So, so what made you interested in that? It's just because you just wanted a different perspective from. It's just like because like I travel a lot and then I see like people live and how they struggled a lot and then it's just like uh, I don't know it's like uh, uh, <laughs> it's like five years ago now that I needed to like travel more and then yeah um, start to hear people's stories again but um, it's also like I see another issues with like for example the LGBTQ community in, in Vietnam? Vietnam yeah <gasps> tell me I I haven't heard anything about the LGBT community in Vietnam nothing. Like, I don't know that much because, mm-hmm. like, like for the record, I'm like also like openly gay. But then, oh, um, girl, get it! You came then, to the right city. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but then also like I'm not. Um, I've only been gay. Like, no, I've only been out for um, for only a few months. Oh, yeah. So, but you've been here for like four years, though. Yeah. So yeah, you were yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I recently been out for like a few months, and then they're trying to be like get because I recently uh, got back to Hanoi during winter break and then I want to see like um, to learn know about like the gay scene in Hanoi yeah that. now that you're open were yeah, you open yeah. in Vietnam when you went back yeah yeah damn no no but then gangster. I haven't okay. but then I haven't I haven't came out to my parents yet. okay oh, okay, so okay. Like, <laughs> okay parents Lam's parents turn this off because yeah. it's only like a few months right so right. yeah I'm still like exploring my sexuality yeah of course yeah <laughs> and um there's a lot. I've read a lot of people's stories about like um, how they came out to their parents. Some are like very accepting. V- Vietnamese yeah. stories. Oh, They're, okay. Like Vietnamese parents. Some are like very open-minded. Some are very accepting. Uh, but some are like very. Some stories are very intense. Well, what are the intense stories like? They send like I I read somewhere in, in a group like an LGBT group in Hanoi that um, the girl got. The parents sent her to like this psychic guy. Oh, like a shaman kind yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you say it in Vietnamese? Like Thai. Thai. Okay, Thai. Yeah, it's like they doing this kind of like performing all type of rituals on her to like oh, ex- exercise her demons. Yeah, out yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. They, they do that in Vietnam now. Like they've always it's, done it, I, mean, I guess. I know. Like there's Holy. always like. That type of shaman or like person who do people this service. believe in spirits like hardcore. Yeah, we yeah, love, yeah. Some, some yeah. of them, some of them. Yeah. Like they really believe in like cutting ties with like her ex girlfriend and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And then sending her to like uh, I don't know, um, psych ward. 
They sent her to a psych ward? Yeah. Vietnam is like... Well, I guess they, they do have, but then it's like very low key. Right, right. They probably wouldn't advertise that as. A, how would you say a psych ward in Vietnamese? Uh, it's like uh, they call it like Jai Tam Thanh. Oh, that yeah. sounds like scary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but then overall, like people like in general for like the public um, in general, they really kind of. They're open to the idea of like gay and stuff like in that. Vietnam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's they're so pretty cool. open. They're like, progressive. Uh, especially like in Hanoi and big cities in Hanoi or like Ho Chi Minh. Yeah. And like even in Ho Chi Minh, people like open gay, like uh, pink shorts, kind of gay. Yeah, yeah. In, in Saigon, I saw it a lot more. In yeah, Saigon. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in Hanoi, I never saw it. Because like Hanoi, it's like more of like conservative. Yeah, the north. The yeah. North Vietnamese people are way yeah. more conservative. And um, but then the dangerous thing is that people still have still haven't got like much knowledge about like the like gay. It's like a completely normal thing, right? Right. But uh, for parents, they they think that it's like a social trend. That, like, oh, like yeah. they don't believe it's real. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're gay today, but you might not be gay next month or, yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So like, dang, um, dude. There's a lot. There's, There's a lot, a lot. of issues in Vietnam. Yeah. So how is like coming to Vancouver? Oh, well. Did you know that Canada was pretty like open with stuff like that, especially Vancouver with like LGBT community and rights and stuff? I'm pretty sure. But then like I haven't like I said like I've only been out for like a few months, so like, I haven't involved. I got a chance to like involve mm. in the community that much. Yeah. So I didn't know. Okay. Okay. It's really <laughs> Wait, have you been on dating apps and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> what, what are the LGBTQ dating apps in Vancouver? Um, it was, oh my god, because like, it's like, there's just like, you keep like swiping, swiping, and there's just like endless option for you, and then in <laughs> Vietnam, it's like a few swipe, and then uh, I, I was like, I was on Hinge, and I was like, a few swipe, a three swipe, and then that's it, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you swiped on everyone <laughs> yeah. in your region. <laughs> Dang. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, we're like super open here. Like we even have like Davy um, Street, where all the gay men. Yeah, go. I, I heard. Do that. we have a lesbian area? I don't even know. Like, okay. I don't know. If you know, like hit me up. Yeah, <laughs> if you know, DM me. I will let Lam know. Um, I, I also don't know. I feel like I feel like we probably have a high population of lesbians, but I don't know where they hang out. Yeah. Right. Probably like in dating apps. <laughs> yeah, just hang out <laughs> dating apps and meet in coffee shops like normal people. Man, so. Uh, did you have you ever been to Canada before you came here? No, like this is your first time. Yeah, like I like before coming to Canada, Singapore is the only place I've been like abroad. Like oh, Singapore's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mainly travel around like uh, Vietnam a lot. Like mm. I'm like my goal is to hit like every single city in Vietnam. How many cities do you have left? Uh, right now I think we're having uh, like sixty three cities in okay. Vietnam. So like I'm hitting um. 50-ish something? Nice. Oh, no, 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 nice. no, 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 no 45, 45. Okay, yeah, so you're almost on the list. Uh, yep. <laughs> Do you have you a favorite? One. A favorite place in Vietnam? Um, I don't know, I cannot tell. But, like, if I had to choose, I'd probably choose, like, Da Nang. Da Nang? What yeah. do you like about Da Nang? I like Da Nang, yeah. I mean, like, it's, like, a busy city. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, like, it's, it's 
it just remind me of like uh, big city like Hanoi, but it also like have like what the show? sea, yeah. the stars. <laughs> oh my god, the hills, the mountains. Yeah. It's so freaking. It's nice. so it's so nice. Yeah, oh like Da Nang is like it's busy but sleepy at the same time, yeah. right? And everyone there is like really chill because mm-hmm. they have a beach there. And my theory is always like anyone who lives near a beach uh-huh. is chill because like how can you be mad when you're uh-huh. breathing in like beautiful salt water every yeah. day? Oh yeah. Yeah, and Da Nang food is so good. It is. I love Central oh Vietnamese God. food. Yeah. I feel like Vietnamese food, like in here, just yeah. like reduced into like pho. But then, like <laughs> in real life, there's just like extensive choice of like Vietnamese food, especially like in like the Central and then the uh, like the Ho Chi Minh area. Mm. Like they have like the meat Mekong. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, oh my God, the first time I like my tongue touched. Um, Wait, 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 what, what's the dish? Uh, the danang. Uh, uh, bánh xeo, bánh bèo. Uh, no, no, the, no, the noodles. Oh my god. Bún mắm? No. It's on the tip of my tongue right now. Uh, wait. <laughs> oh, mi quang. Yes. Mi quang. Yes, oh, that mi one. so good. It was so good. Oh my, oh god. my god. It lights up the taste bud of my mouth. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> I can eat this forever. So if anyone doesn't know what mi quang is, it's kind of like this dry noodle dish uh-huh. with like pork or shrimp. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else is in it? You can choose like the topping that you want, but then mainly it's like uh, pork with like seasoned like uh, on top of like peanut butter. Peanuts and, and then, like some rice cracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a tiny little, a bit of broth. Uh huh. And it's just, it's so good. It's like a hint of sour and yeah. then sweet at the same time. Yeah. And so savory. It's like yeah. so good. And I love the noodles they use. It's like yeah. these thick noodles. Chewy one, Chewy, fresh yeah. noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god. Everyone hit up Miquan. Miquan should be like the next big. Food in like America and Canada. It's, it's always been in like like the central <laughs> Vietnam, but I'm so like, why did Mi I Quang. know this? <laughs> yeah, I had Mi Quang for the first time when I was living in uh, Hoi An. I lived yeah. in Hoi An for one month, and I was like, wow, this is so good. I found my Mi Quang lady. I went there like almost every day. Yeah, she, yeah. she just took one look at me, oh. gave me the bowl right away. I was like, yeah, she knows what's up. Yeah, Mi Quang is fire, man. So you're an international student here, and you're studying like communications and like international intercultural studies mm-hmm. right what have you learned about those kind of subjects here and how it affects like the population in Vancouver I guess because you know Vancouver is like pretty diverse especially mm-hmm. compared to Vietnam right Vietnam I feel like is still pretty homogenous mm-hmm. we have a lot of yeah, foreigners yeah, yeah, that visit yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's still it's still pretty Vietnamese uh-huh, right uh-huh. I think it's like uh, when I first got here I was like applied for uh, sociology because obviously I was like passionate about social issues but then uh, Obviously, uh, like my first semester, I'll be like struggling with sociology and then. <laughs> so many terms. Yeah, 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 schools yeah. Schools of thought. Yeah. Like during that time, like in my first semester or like first year in general, like when I was like in Kamloops and I feel like um, it's forced myself to think about like my culture identity because like you're in like a different country and you're trying to be like, um, I don't know, like blend in, I guess. Like, that's yeah. like the first uh, thing that I want to do is to blend in. Right. And, well, also, and in Vietnam, you never had to try to blend in because yeah, you're yeah, Vietnamese yeah, in Vietnam. Yeah. 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 And then you start like questioning about like the things that you do like, and then um, like how you do it like differently to people in here. Yeah. Um, and then that is just like, I think that just like sparked my interest in international and intercultural study and then um, take it on. 
from there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were in Kamloops, you were probably, there aren't a lot of Asians in Kamloops, right? Oh, no, there yeah, aren't at all. You're like Asian from Asia, and you go straight to like white people town in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how was that like for you? Oh, my God. There's a lot of story to tell, like, on that topic. <laughs> Girl, I'm ready. I'm ready. Tell me that um, story time. I think, like, um, it's so funny because, like, in Kamloops, white, it's, like, the default. Yeah, for sure. Especially like, to Vancouver. Yeah, like yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing yeah. Because I remember, like, there's this one girl I just met, and then uh, I she asked me, like, where am I from? And I was, like, I'm from Vietnam. And then I asked her, like, where are you from? Yeah. And then, obviously, she's white, and then she's, like, settlers. And she's, like, maybe, like, Europe or something? <laughs> like, my descendant or something? Because, like, it's so funny because, like, in Kamloops, <laughs> being surrounded in, like, um, such a white neighborhood, you don't get, like, they don't question their cultural identity. Yeah, they're in just, general. they don't think about race. Yeah. They don't yeah, have to. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Vietnamese people in Vietnam. They don't think about being yeah, Vietnamese, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it's become this, like, default thing when you, when, like, other culture, it's, like, exotic but then yeah, yeah. white it's not it's, it's normal just, yeah it's default it's yeah 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 what everyone knows and um it's so funny because like even like even when i say like i'm from vietnam people be like where is people still don't know where vietnam is Some after people, the war we're still not on the map <laughs> what's going on there's actual there's actual people that ask me like yo what's up with the vietnam world i'm gonna be like that is like 40 years ago yeah dude i'm like i was born like you could ask my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma's 40. <laughs> um, um, it's also, um, like, it's like, during my first year, this, like, has nothing much to, related to um, cultural identity much. But mm-hmm. then I feel like during my first year, when I live with my host family, like, I get that sense of, like, feeling like the other. Um, is it because of how your host family treated you, or it was just like just in general being in? Kamloops? It's like in like both. Okay. Because okay. like both uh, in Kamloops, um, like I remember like my neighbor uh, greet me like Ni Hao. Really? <laughs> yeah. Aww. When I when I already told him like I'm Vietnamese, and then he's like, Yeah, I'm speaking Viet. Ni Hao. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a friend who like knew me for um, a year, and then she we were at like BC service. And then she pointed at like this like Chinese character, and then she was like asking me like, "Can you read this?" And I'll be like, "Dude, how can I read this?" <laughs> we use the alphabet. Yeah, we know? use like the ABC alphabet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, back to like the host family thing. Uh, when I first got there, like, I struggled with communications and then how to like, not because of a language barrier, but because of I feel like cultural differences. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Because I asked them, like, the dumbest thing, like, yo, do you, like, peel apples when you eat them? Because, like, in Vietnam, like, you peel apples. Yeah, when you peel you... everything. Hey? Yeah. yeah. And then they, they was like, no, you just, like, eat them straight up. Yeah. And then Fiber. I, <laughs> and then I, like, after that, I feel, like, stupid asking them some kind of, like, oh, questions like yeah. that. They're probably like, why is this Asian girl, like, asking me yeah. this question? Yeah, because, like, I was so insecure about, like, my culture identity because like I feel like being Asian was like not cool in Kansas I feel like yeah probably not <laughs> especially like being international student and you're like the fob mm, yeah you're like Asian Asian yeah, yeah yeah and um 
it's escalated to the point where I feel like disconnected to my uh, host family. Like, mm -hmm. like I hang with them less and less. I start missing like their dinner, uh, family dinner thing, which like that happened like every like six p.m. every day. And then I don't think like at my age anyone can make it home at like six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like I grow apart from them, and then to a point where uh, one day like when I got home. Um, I saw, I walked to the bathroom, and then I saw this, like, this huge-ass um, paper sticking on the mirror that said, uh, whoever threw up on the bathtub, please clean after themselves because it is disgusting. Uh, and that wasn't you. And then underline and cap, disgusting. Yeah. And then I saw that, and then everyone, everyone was at home, and then everyone was in their room. And I was like... Yo, is this paper like pointing at me? Cause yeah, cause like, cause obviously like, the parents would have asked like all the kids by now. Mm -hmm. And I came home late, and I felt like, oh my gosh, should I like just ignore it? Cause it wasn't me. I like I was being <laughs> out like the whole day. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I have an alibi. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I was like. Should I confront her? Like confront oh, that's the parents? Such an uncomfortable situation. And, or should I just like like ignore it and just like continue like acting like nothing ever happened? Cause like I don't know. Cause like the culture different as well. Cause confronting it's in like in in, in Viet culture it's like no no you yeah. need a like safe face exactly yeah. Um, and then uh, I was like I ended up like told her like told the the host mom that. It wasn't me. Like mm -hmm. I could help, like cleaning up and stuff like that. And she said, like, "Oh no, don't worry. Like we already cleaned it up. We didn't think that it was you. Um, things like that." But then she's like very friendly. But I wasn't sure that she's being friendly because, like, you know what? It feels like it sounds like she was being passive aggressive. Yeah, right. Because like the paper already. No, so one thing I, for people that are new to Canada, I, one thing I can say is like Canadians are so passive aggressive. Really, it's like it's like built in the blood or something. Because because we don't like to confront people, uh -huh. we just like to be like, it would be nice if you could do this, uh -huh, right? Instead uh -huh. of being like, hey, can you do this for me? But I'll just like talk to them like a human. We're like, um, it, it's a lot of that, and I feel like maybe that was what you experienced, especially with a note like that when yeah. everyone's in their room. And and if it was, if it was like one of her kids, she could have just directly talked to her kid when she yeah. has a homestay student in her house. Yeah, right. Cause like, and then told her like it wasn't me. Like I could help clean it up and stuff like that. But then like we just kind of let it slide. But then, but then I start to feel like, like I'm just a person renting a place in their house. Well, you're almost. yeah. yeah. Well, well, you're like a paycheck that comes every month for them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm not like not like at that point. It hits me like yo, I'm not like a part of this family. Yeah, I'm not right? a part of the family, and it's it's so easy for someone to blame you for something that you didn't do because mm. like you're the, you're like the other you're the other you're the scapegoat yeah, yeah. and then um it's not like oh my god at that point <laughs> i feel like lonely and all you must like, how old were you at the time you're i so was sweet. like i was like 19 i was 19 oh because like so that i couldn't like live uh renting uh, rent a place because like you need like uh back then you need a what was it called the uh guardian you need like oh, okay, okay, okay. So like when you turn, I think you when you hit like nineteen or twenty, and then you can move out and live by yourself. 
Um, so back then, like, um, I thought like host family is like a good choice for me. When you, when you first came to Canada, you don't know anything about like the banking, the bus system. Of course, system. It's like, yeah, it's and something. it sounds pretty good to your parents yeah. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think at that point, oh wait. What am I trying to get here? That's up to you. Don't worry about it. That's up to you. Yeah, but like you were saying, because um, you're new, like in Kamloops, and you're from Asia, and you're a fob, right? Yeah. So, did you know what a fob was, or did you learn what that was when you got to Canada? No, I like I slowly learned what's a fob because, like, how did, how did you learn? Because, like, it's like I'm just like slowly, slowly, like beginning to feel like more insecure about myself. Yeah. And then how I interact with people to the point that, like, just like when I talk to people, I don't feel like comfortable like being myself and talk about like my culture and then my experience. Because you feel like your culture is maybe inferior. Yeah. Mm. And then, like, often, like, when in class as well, like, you struggle a lot, like, participating in any conversation because, like, you don't have, like, any. Uh, context of whatever uh, happened in Canada. Yeah. You're still like, you're just n- a newcomer, like fresh off the boat. Like, right. how can you know? Right, right, right. They're like referencing some movie from yeah, the 80s and yeah, you have no yeah. idea. And then maybe you heard of it, but then like, you don't know, like, you don't have like a thing, extensive knowledge of like what's going on. Right, of course. Yeah. And then, um, then often like international students don't have much credit for like um, participating in class or whatever. And oh. then, no, no. What I mean, it's like, um, especially like doing like group work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like your voice is doesn't have like, that much weight compared oh. to like um, a domestic student. Yeah. And then oh, domestic student. I've never heard that term, but that makes so much <laughs> sense. Yeah, domestic student. Yeah, I struggled a lot like doing my first year with like the group work and stuff. Um, actually, like making my voice heard, but also like not in the way that. You know, like taking things personally. And then. How how did you find out you were a fob though? Like like oh yeah, like yeah, like did you like Google questions. it and you're just like I feel different and then like Google was like your fob. No, because like there's up. a man. We live in a place where anything can access with internet. Like, <laughs> internet the best. Yeah. Um, I think I saw some videos. Uh, wait, I forgot the name of the YouTube channel. But okay, okay, yeah. Uh, saw some video about like uh, which date like. A international student or whatever. I don't, oh. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot like of Asian American versus like yeah yeah. There's a lot of like YouTube channel out there when you, like they explore um, dating with um, identity and culture. Yeah, and culture like Asian being general, and yeah. then it spiraled down into like international student, mm. and then it's eventually spiraled down to like some video making fun of like fob and stuff like that. Oh, so that's you. So you found out about the whole concept of fob through the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh my god. Dude, so how did you feel when you like found out like wow the Asian Canadians have this whole different identity for Asians from Asia that come to Canada? You know what I, I know, mean? Like I know, that, that, I know, that must I know. Have blown your mind. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, oh my god! Like when it started, when it first, when I first found out about it. I was like even more insecure about myself. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like you're like I already feel insecure yeah. being here, and now I'm a, I'm a part of a group called Fob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how did you feel like knowing you're you're already insecure mm-hmm. being here, and then now you're like you're being labeled as a Fob, so it makes you feel more insecure, mm-hmm. right? So how how did you deal with your identity from that point on? 
I guess like um, it's a whole it's a whole journey of itself um, <laughs> I think like eventually like there's a lot of like internalized um, hatred yeah girl I was born and raised here and I have a lot of internalized <laughs> and hatred and then I start like figuring out like maybe like Campbell's is not a place for me anymore and then that mm. when I ta- start like taking steps to like moving to like Vancouver because nice, I feel like nice. the culture is like more diverse and yeah, I feel like yeah, at least like you feel like more secure about it that's true culture. yeah um, have you found that to be true? it is like I feel like way more comfortable with myself like mm-hmm. being in Vancouver than being in Campbell's but then um it's also like uh, but also there's a very like in su- like in subtle Asian traits I think yeah, yeah, yeah. in that group uh, there's a lot of meme relating to like international student like you know like those meme like uh, international student be like walking in class like with like the Gucci like, <laughs> the like, go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then like recently there's a one with like the instant noodle like the Gucci instant noodle <laughs> and then uh, which is like which is like so untrue, but then it's, it's <laughs> but the, the thing is, my stereotype is that like it's it's true, but then it's not completed, right? Because um, everyone thinks like in Vancouver, like international students are like super young, rich kids, yeah, with like with like mo- that China yeah. money, yeah, 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 with like mom, daddy, like trust fund, right, right, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> like there there are like, but then it's just like not the majority, or is it? I don't know. But then for my friends, like who's like international student as well like I know they're working like two jobs trying to pay their rent mm-hmm. and the bills and then um, you're, you're wearing a jacket that you got from the thrift store yeah I'm wearing <laughs> like everything from thrift store from head to toe and then I'm still like having like the cheapest like phone bill yeah no that data. I could like possible find yeah ain't nobody got money for data man. yeah <laughs> and then um it's also like uh, there's people that I know whose like parents back home like struggle to like uh, getting the money for their oh to send uh, them abroad yeah 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 the tuition fee and stuff right so they have like, to take loans at home mm. with like stuff like that and then being international student it's like you're in the disadvantaged position where you cannot like apply for loans and stuff like that mm. where uh, so like your parents have to carry all the way yeah. Um, and it's the most insane part. It's like um, the tuition fee for international students is like three times higher than domestic student. Right, right. Which is like to me, it doesn't make sense because like yeah, if w- the paperwork from like international student probably like heavier, but then mm. we're doing the same thing as domestic student in class. But but do you know why it's like more expensive? I don't know. It's so so what did it the like, whole the, the philosophy is, yeah, yeah. is that like intern because. The idea is like you're coming and you're getting Canadian education, which is like uh-huh, presumed uh-huh. to be like higher than let's say Vietnamese mm-hmm, education, mm-hmm. right? And you're coming here, you're getting this education, and you're gonna take it and you're gonna go back to Vietnam and apply your Canadian university education in Vietnam. That's why they're charging the the three times. Yeah. No, that's the philosophy. I'm not saying it's right or yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. but but that's the idea. Because like if you were gonna become an international student here, study here, and stay in Canada, then it would be different because then your mind and your knowledge would then contribute to the Canadian economy or, or something like that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get, like, I get the philosophy behind that and then people in Vietnam actually, like, think that as well. But then I feel okay. like at some point, like, you feel like 
okay, this is not it. I feel like a cash cow, more like. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not. You, yeah, international students are definitely cash cows in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. I feel like it's more like business when you're just like pumping money in. Oh, and definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, like, what kind of stereotypes do Vietnamese people have about foreigners in Vietnam, and what stereotypes do Vietnamese people have about Viet Kiosk that go back to Vietnam? I'm really interested to to know. Like the stereotype that Vietnamese, what? real like native Vietnamese people have about foreigners mm-hmm. in Vietnam that go to Vietnam, I guess. Like foreigners, like the người Tây, người Tây, yeah, going to Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Whereas, like uh, in here, Vietnamese people see that. Like for me, like international students seen as far, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for người Tây to go to like Vietnam, mm-hmm. they're seeing as like. Like they're gonna be like automatically like English teacher. Mm. They're gonna be like all these like white people. Yeah. Uh, is wh- it like a good image or is it a bad image or what are Vietnamese people saying? It's a mix because for people like in like I don't know like it's hard for me to like talking this as like. Okay, I don't speak for the whole Vietnamese yeah, like, yeah, population, yeah, no, no, right? Just, just like this, this, just your opinion, just, just my one, opinion, one person's opinion. Yeah, yeah, just one, just my opinion. Because like, uh, there are people that in Vietnam that have like real like white fetish that they really like, just like, oh my god, like white, Vietnamese white. people have yeah. a white fetish. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they love white people. Yeah, they love white people. Some girl would just like die and just date like a <laughs> white man guy. Oh my god. Uh, and it's very common this day. In, in, really? In, yeah, yeah. You can see it in like, in maybe like going to the movie theater. There's this girl with like the white guy or something like that. And like, yo, I'm I'm all for it. Like, if you feel like the person it's like suitable for you, like date date him yeah. uh, or her or whatever. Um, but also like, uh, but I feel like there there is like a kind of like white fetish. Like a so 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 Vietnamese girls. Like, not not all, of course, right? Yeah. But but when like white guys come to Vietnam, Vietnamese girls are like, "Wow, I really want to date a white guy." And yeah. It, well, what are why why do they want to date a white guy though? Is it because like he he's good looking or is because, it because like I feel like it's uh it's because of like media portrayed it. it's like the white people as like attractive and then mm-hmm. if you could, you can see like ads in Vietnam with like I don't know like the billboard with like this huge humongous like white people on there yeah. and then he's growing up like you perceive that as like attract oh attractive. and it's like, like better yeah. or superior yeah or yeah something. yeah there's one time when I see like this post after post and after post on Facebook comparing like a white guy dating a white guy versus dating a, a Vietnamese guy a Vietnamese guy yeah oh my god they have those like memes it's, it's not actually it's like post like real serious extensive <laughs> writing no. like like I don't know what, 800 words what, but like what are they saying I want to know what, what are because because white guys are really different from yeah. Viet guys yeah, from yeah, Vietnam yeah. yeah um although I would say like they were talking about like um how dating a white guy it's like they always like appreciate you and they uh, like um, they take care of you and then uh, sharing like the house chores and stuff like that. Oh, it's more equal. Yeah, it's like yeah. talking about like equality and then uh, where a Viet guy like doesn't share the house chores and then they expect, uh, the woman they to expect do, yeah, 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 things everything. like that. Like they're like sexist and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which is like for me, it's like that's like a very overgeneralization mm-hmm. and very stereotype. Yeah. 
and a little bit like borderside wife fetish because like it doesn't look like if he white doesn't like automatic makes him like like appreciate you and then right 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 exactly some people just like really like seeing youtubers like Vietnamese youtuber and then dating like a white guy because like it seems like you're very like urbanized you're very like oh, you're like progressive yeah yeah, yeah and then like you can speak fluent english you like woke and stuff oh um, dang and like it's and then i don't know like like i'm no one to judge them but on the other side there are uh, people that seeing like like white people as a threat to like to them especially like for people because i hang with a lot of people uh in teaching uh they teach english yeah and okay. stuff like that in vietnam yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, like yeah. they're vietnamese people who teach english and oh, they okay. actually like have like very like did pursuing like high degree in teaching english as mm-hmm. a second language uh, but then still they don't get paid as much as white people because frankly because of their race because english is not their first language right right because like you can never like to like to people who like hired like the employer like mm-hmm. no matter how like good you are and how much degree that you're holding yeah you're not as good as like a native speaker right right so like there's there's just some cases where people who just graduate from high school and still get paid more than yeah because they're from actual, america yeah. and they have yellow hair and blue eyes mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. yeah i think i think in asia they really really prize like the white privilege yeah. and like oh white is right and white is better like i saw a lot of that when i was in vietnam like i even at my cousin's school i was teaching at my cousin my my blood cousin right and he would pay me less than the white girl from like i don't know south africa or something mm-hmm. and that girl was like had no experience like I don't even know if she went to university, to be honest. I went to university. I already had two years' experience in Korea, and he still paid me less than he paid her. Yeah. Right? Just because she has, you know, white skin, yellow hair, blue eyes. Yeah. So, and this is like my family is doing this. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine how Vietnamese people will treat other Vietnamese people that aren't their family. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he was explaining to me, it's like, oh, it's because, like, it's for advertisement, and, like, we need to we need to have white people to show the Vietnamese parents that white people are teaching their kids, right? Because if they see me, they're not going to see Canadian they're gonna see a Vietnamese right so yeah definitely that's a thing but but how do uh, Vietnamese people see like Viet Kiel's like Vietnamese like overseas Vietnamese that go to Vietnam uh oh like I I haven't met like much Viet Kiel like in in Vietnam, like. Right? There's not I feel like a lot of Viet Gills I meet, like the ones in Vancouver, they don't uh-huh. like to go to Vietnam. Oh really? They don't like to visit Vietnam because they there's a lot of stereotypes that like Vietnamese people born and raised in Canada. Not not all of course, uh-huh. but they have about Vietnam. They're like it's dirty, it's um, yeah, yeah. like stinky and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. So like people drive like maniacs. People drive like maniacs, <laughs> and it's a third world country and they're gonna drink the water and get diarrhea and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff. So actually so I know more Viet Gills that go to like Korea and Japan than I know Viet Gills that go to Vietnam oh yeah so so yeah so I don't I was wondering what the stereotypes were and and uh if I guess if Vietnamese people had stereotypes about Viet Gills I guess not really hey I don't know like I only heard like the the narrative from like Viet Gill about like Vietnam as well oh is it so yeah so, so what, what kind of narratives have you heard about because like um from I heard about Viet Gill it's like uh because 
because like uh, they complain about how like the anti uh, talking about their body and stuff. Because like in Vietnam, all the aunties like always uh, comment about like your you're body. fat. They just like <laughs> talk, talk like straight to your face. You're yeah. fat. Yeah. And you're then, fat. You're ugly. <laughs> you're fat, and then they just like have no filter at all. Yep. yep. They don't even care about being fake nice or giving yeah. compliment. They just like yeah. throw it to their face. Yeah, yeah. Like e- even for me, oh my god. Okay, like I, I would con- be considered like a lot of people in Vancouver told me I'm skinny. You are skinny, for the record. Yeah. I'm a skinny, legit skinny. Yeah. Like you look, you're like what under 115 pounds or something. I don't know in pounds, but yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah you look like you're under 115. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're a small girl. Um, and yeah, people told me like I'm small. Yeah. And like in Vietnam, like the moment I'm coming back to Hanoi, like people be like, you're gaining some weight, girl. And then and my mom told me like. Yo, you're like, you need to lose some weight. I'll be like, dang. Mom. Yeah, Asia's really on that, like, stick, skinny game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah we love that. And then uh, the Viet Gil that I know always complain about, like, just, like, how the auntie just, like, throw it to your face. Oh, and my then, gosh. Oh, my God. They, they, they always said that, like, it's rude and all that stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn man, Vietnamese aunties are savage. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't care about anyone's feelings. <laughs> they barely. As I get used to like both culture, I guess like you kind of get the logic. Like when you heard a Vietnamese person complain about it, like yeah, I get it. But also like when you like see auntie complain about you, be like I don't all, I don't really get it. But then like I guess like I understand the mentality because like. It has always been like this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always. I don't even get out of bed about it anymore. <laughs> Dude, man. So, um, where was I here? Oh, so I wanted to talk about Viet food in Vancouver, right? Because everyone just thinks like Viet food in Vancouver is is, is pho. <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're a real Vietnamese from Vietnam, right? How, how is Vietnamese food in Vancouver? Because I. Being a Viet Gil, I think Viet food in Vancouver is really good. Really? Yeah, so really? I, I don't know. I don't know what's your opinion. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I don't want to like... No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Uh, oh my god. The first thing is just like... Oh. I've been victimized by pho so many times. Because I feel like the moment people know that I'm Vietnamese, they yeah. would throw in some pho references. Like, oh yeah. They're like, yo, have you tried like, this pho place? I'm like... Vietnam, like, <laughs> I don't want to try pho. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm in Canada. Um, but yeah, like, um, I personally, I don't think like, like the Vietnamese food in Vancouver is good. Really? Yeah. You don't think so? Like, how is no. it different? How do you find it different? Because like, probably because of like uh, the regional different. Because most of the the restaurants in Vancouver, it's like uh, from Nam. Yes, yeah. And then the owner, it's like straight up Namur. Yeah. And there's like, but then pho, it's like originally from, from the Bar. North. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then to me, like, the taste is just like drastically different. I was pho, like, I don't know. The south and pho from the north is very different. I was like, I, not, like, and especially like when I've been to like different restaurants, they have like, like other, they, it's just like very different from each other. <laughs> Where like in in like in Hanoi, like you could tell that they kind of like all the the white friend would tell me that like 
Pho in Hanoi, it's just like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, if you live in Hanoi, you you could tell it it's not actually the same thing. But like from a white perspective, from white people's mm-hmm. perspective, I can get like it, it it tastes like the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the pho in here is just like from Nam, and then I wish like the the Nam cuisine would get like more representations in like the Viet. Like, oh, Viet Sien yeah. here. Like, what are some underrated, like, South Vietnamese foods that uh, people don't know about? Like, the first one that I could think of was, like, Hu Tiêu Nam Vang. Dude, okay, so I actually lived in Saigon uh-huh. for a year, and that I've, first of all, I've never, ever heard of Hu Tiêu in my life. Mm. I no, I really? Like, never in my life. Like, I grew up just eating, like, pho, thịt hoa, like, um, un cá, and stuff like that, right? But, so I've never heard of Hu Tiêu, and then when I had it, like, I don't even know who... <laughs> yeah, I had it in Saigon. I was like, whoa, this is so good. Yeah, it's the so Nam cuisine, good. it's just like so good. Yeah. But then they never made it to like in here in Vancouver. I'm like, never. But then the owner is Namer, and so I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Why don't they bring it? Yeah. Oh, no, it's a, uh, it's uh, that one. And then most of the stuff they, they sell in here, it's like uh, very like north. Which is like very surprised to me. Yeah, like like what 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 else? Like the pho, like the bun bunzio. Bunzio. My friend loves bunzio, but then Dude. when I first got to taste of bunzio, and I was like, oh, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, the bunzio is like so different. You know what's funny? Because I grew up, I love bunzio, right? Bunzio yeah. is like the crab noodle. Yeah. Um, and I love how I have it here. And then when I went to Vietnam, I was like, oh, I'm gonna try real bunzio. Blah, blah. And I tried it in Vietnam. I didn't like it. Oh, really? So, so I think, you know what it is? I think it's like Viet Gills have different taste buds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we grew up with a different... Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like we call it the same food, but it's actually quite different. It's very different. Yeah, because I, I think the Wunzio here tastes better than the Wunzio in Vietnam. Because I think the one in Vietnam is too, like... Too crabby, like yeah, the flavor is yeah, too... Yeah, maybe like, it's like too much or yeah, something. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I'm just a more, like, watered-down basic. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, t- I totally hear. Oh, my God. Um... But it's it's very depends on like uh, the culture you go up with as well because like for my non Vietnamese friend mm-hmm. they would see like yo what's up with like Vietnam people with all the noodles because like what's the difference between like pho and bún and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like if you come to Vietnam you see like mian and then uh, bánh đa and yeah. all that stuff oh, bánh đa. Oh there's a lot of like noodles yeah. and the soup. Yeah, and then to them, it's just like the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then for me, for for a Vietnam person, I'll be like, nope, they are very different. Yeah, so different. But then my sister would be like, um, like she's she's Vietnamese, and then she'll be like, she she thinks that bagels and donuts are the same thing. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's such a good comparison. Bagels and donuts are not the same thing. Yeah, they're not. All. They're not at the same all. thing at all. But like, because like they're the same shape. Because like you grow up in different <laughs> culture, so yeah, like. Yeah. So, like, uh, you just, like, get used to, like, different stuff and you have, like, the vocabulary for, like, different stuff. Yeah, <sighs> dang. Wow. I feel like, uh, yeah, I really like, um, there's, like, Bánh Quân is pretty popular in Vietnam. Oh, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Vietnamese vegan food? Have you had it in Vancouver? Vietnamese vegan food? I've never had it in, in Vancouver, but then have you heard of I, I want to try it. Yeah, that's kind of. I feel like that's the trend now. Is like Vietnamese vegan food. Yeah, cause like the, cause like I don't want the salad, man. I don't want like the white people <laughs> salad. I don't want like the kombucha. No, no, no. <laughs> cause like um in like the vegan um 
Vietnamese food in Vietnam is just like, oh my god, like chef kiss. Dude, chef kiss. Yeah. No, so Vietnamese people, they actually go like vegan like what, once a month or something every time there's like the full moon um, or something, right? Yeah, because like uh, we're not like most of Vietnamese are like non-religious, but then yeah. the overall the dominant um, culture is still like very... Um, Buddhist. The, it's like very Buddhist oriented. Yes, yes. Uh, and so like people go to... Um, Vichua. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, temple, yeah. Go to like temple like yeah. every... Uh, the first day of the month and then the 15th of the month like in mm. lunar yeah. uh, calendar and uh, they would eat like do um, chai for the whole day yeah vegetarian and then those like I've been to like this temple like the vegan food it's it's alright but then what I admire it's just, like how people make like the the beef oh like the the, the imitation the beef imitation meat yeah yeah Exactly the same. Like the beef. I was like, "What am I eating? This is like not beef, Dude, but like it looks just like beef. <laughs> it tastes like beef." And then I'm just like, I'm just like looking at the bowl of like the 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 beef, and I was like, "Oh my god! God bless whoever put love in this like bowl." Yeah. But uh, if you go to like vegan restaurant in Hanoi, they have like a more uh, creative twist on like the. The vegan Vietnam food, Vietnamese food, and then um, also like they try not to do like the imitation meat because like if you mm. if you're like Buddhist Buddhist, so you try not to like think about like if if you're eating vegan food, like why are you trying to think of like meat, right? Exactly. By eating yeah. like imitation, it goes against the yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So like they would do a lot of like just just veggies. But then, oh my god, but in, it was so good. It's just like <laughs> a blend of like Western food and then traditional like Vietnam vegan food. Yeah. It's so good. That's awesome. Like, the, I think the, there's a, a vegan Vietnamese place on Victoria Drive, mm-hmm. Chow Veggie. Have you been there? No, I haven't. I you have to take me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we should go, we should go. It, but it's like, um, I don't want to say it's like vegan Viet food, because when you go there, you're going to be like, this is not Viet food. This is just white people <laughs> making like, like vegan food, and then they pretend it's Viet. But I think the owners are Viet. Uh-huh. But I think their kids are like Viet Gale, mm-hmm. and the Viet, so it's like the Viet Gale kids know that like vegan is popular, and then they have this like twist where they have like noodles with kale, like yeah. yeah, yeah. But but it tastes really good though. I'm really into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Lamb, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. Dude, thank you for sharing insights about like international students because a lot of people think like everyone's just like super rich from China. They drive like Lamborghinis <laughs> and stuff like that. But like, no, you when you shop at the thrift store, I shop at the thrift store, mm-hmm. you know, so there's like nuance and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. All right. I will see everyone on the next episode. Bye. Pass, pass, pass. Pass. Pass the poutine. This is the poutine.